It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. 80 minutes gone. 80 minutes gone. Southampton 0, Liverpool 2. The ball's in the Southampton right-back position, Liverpool's left-hand side. Liverpool have got the ball, but they conspire to make some degree of a mess with it, mess of it. Southampton could be on a break. Luis Suarez decides to triple that up with his head. <laughs> Luis Suarez, who scored one, made one, and who finds himself suddenly in the left-back position, in Southampton's right-back position, sorry. 0-2, 90 yards from his own goal, thinks, 10 minutes to go, I best trip this lad up. Taking one for the team. What, is what am I going to do it with? I know, language. I'll lash me head in. <laughs> and that's what he does. And that's why Liverpool can win the league. There, that. That you've got this fellow who's scored more goals than anyone else in the country. This fellow who's got, I think he's now got more assists than anyone else in the country. This fellow who's got all that going for him, who works harder than any other footballer you've ever seen in your life. He throws his head in to trip a lad up who's 90 yards from his own goal. No one else is doing that, Dave. It's Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey, by the way. It is all in the game. No one else is doing that, Dave. Simply no one else. It's mad. I mean, let's, not, let's be quite open and honest about what it is. It's absolutely doolally, the idea that you do something like that. But that's why Liverpool currently now look like... Sit the side... The side most likely to seriously challenge Chelsea and Manchester City. Yeah, can't argue with that. And uh, I think... I think your dep- depiction of Suarez there uh, is... Extremely nail on, nailed on, because the, the lad who, who's his class for one, and we can go through all the superlatives with him, but he's so much more than that as well for Liverpool. What he does, that he's saying, <laughs> you know, when you said that he threw his head in to tackle someone, it reminds me of that that block everyone goes on about, or that attempted block from John Terry in the World Cup, yeah. where he throws his head towards the ball when it's headed towards the goal. Um, I, I, I think Suarez is that much more than that now, and the fact that people still debate how good he is. Uh, I think is is well, it's it's wrong for one, but also it's it's ludicrous to sort of say how he he isn't as good as he is because he's just phenomenal and you know he's he, he, if there's someone who deserves to win a Premier League title, it's probably him for the, what he's done this season. It, it, and it, it does. I'm going to be honest, nearly it pays me to say it is an Evertonian, but like I've always said to you about Luis Suarez, I can't stand the lad, but you know you, there's just a time when you've just got to stand and applaud and. I, I think we're we're way past that now. We're way past that point. It is, the, but it, uh, it, it's the collective. The, there was there was genuine uh, Liverpool found another new way to win uh, against Southampton. There was there, there was a lot of ground out. They were also fortunate, openly fortunate. I think for not for the first time this season, but not 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 in such a clear manner. They were they were very very fortunate to get in half time ahead. Mm. Uh, you know, I felt Southampton, if they'd gone in at 1-1, Southampton could have felt hard done to, if we're all quite honest about it. But Liverpool got in at 1-0, and then they improved. They improved markedly, I felt. And I, as soon as we got in at 1-0, I felt much calmer. Obviously, as soon as the second goes in, you feel calmer again. The substitution of Sterling was right. But Liverpool showed a resilience that, you know, is something which you wouldn't have seen this time last season it's a resilience that has been it's it's been coming it's been on the cards but it's the first that felt like that felt like championship resilience not just you know we're a, we're a bunch of tough lads that was serious this is a tough place to go it's on the telly it's half five arsenal have lost chelsea have won this is what we're going to do and that's that's the that that's the mark if not necessarily of champions of people who are very 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 interested in becoming them there was an understanding of how big the game was i thought there was a, there was a seriousness wasn't there you, you saw 
saw you saw Liverpool embrace how big the game was. I thought. I mean, you often see sides who are pretenders to a title, who like perhaps an Arsenal, who sort of flattered to deceive when they come on a stage like that where everyone else has played. Chelsea have won already emphatically against. They've gone away from home. They've grounded out themselves. Yeah. Chelsea nil nil at half time. Come through the game. Arsenal have failed to do the business. What do Liverpool do? And all of a sudden, it's an uphill task um, because, like I say, everyone's played. You've got every, everything goes against you. The grains run against you. Everton have had it this season and, and failed to do it. Um, when Liverpool have won previously, Everton were great when they had to play first, and mm. then Liverpool were playing catch up. Everton would, I think. You know, they go out and win the game, no problem. All of a sudden, I thought there's a massive pressure if Liverpool have already, already won and Everton have to go and win. I think that's a different mentality, and I think it's tenfold with this this game for Liverpool against Southampton because you know you're seven points off top. All of a sudden, you've got a really tough away game against the side you've won once against in the last nine, eight or nine years, whatever it is. Yeah. Um. I, I think that is a real mark. It's a marker set down as well because I seen I seen John Gibbons tweeting earlier today that eight out of the ten outfield players that started that game played in three one defeat last season. Yep. So there's all that going against Liverpool, and there's I think resilience is is hitting the nail on the head again. I think it's that that's the word you'd use to describe it because it it, it was resilience in in terms of yeah you, you you sort of do ride your luck and there's always a game like that. For a side that goes on and wins the title, as always. I remember Chelsea when the year they won it. I think they, they were drawing nil nil away at Watford one year, and Salomon Kalou pops up with a last minute winner. Yeah, and they played absolutely awful in that game. It, this is what title winning sides do. You pull it out the bag, and, and it, it was the fact that the performance grew as well. That was one of the best, the best factors of it. By Liverpool with with fifteen to go, was just completely in control. Yeah. Again, the scoreline helps. The idea that Southampton have run themselves out a bit helps. You know, there was something to have to withstand there in the first sixty minutes from Southampton. There was something to have to get 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 the other side off. Mm. But it all helps. It all adds up. It reminds me of the other the uh, the other league kickoff uh, earlier this season, which was South, the, the Stoke game. Yeah, uh, the five three. You know where that could have, you could easily have followed that. It's was a terrible. I, I think it's, you know, you talk about fixtures uh, and and times of them for TV and all that malarkey. I I do actually think it's a distinct disadvantage sometimes well, because yeah, it, it's you know you, you see sides going when when Liverpool went. Uh, I know I'm harping on about it, but you know, when Liverpool went eight points ahead of Everton, I thought I'm going eight points with a game in hand is a hell of a lot more daunting than just five points. Yeah. It's that much more bigger. Uh, I, I certainly I see it now. In fact, Everton have got a game in hand. Man, you probably see it with Man City. Points on the board is a hell of a lot more, I think, than games in hand. That's where well, that's where Man City now are. Man City and now, and this is where if if you do play ahead of the other sides, you do get that that impact. Forget Liverpool for a second in that conversation for Man City. It's about Chelsea, and it's about the fact that the, those two games in hand, Manchester City have got to win. Because yeah. that's what puts them back. And if they don't, if they if they drop points in one of them, it feels worse because it feels like, well, that was your opportunity to go back to this point. Mm-hmm. And you've dropped that opportunity now. And it'll actually feel more... If, they, if, if the two games kick off at the same time and one goes that way and one goes the other way, it's a blow. But it feels psychologically greater. And this could just be nonsense because these football matches could, you know what I mean? But from, the, from a supporter's point of view, it does feel like, you know, City are likely to have a game of football to play in the near future where and if they win it, they go back level with Chelsea. And if they don't, it now feels like... Oh no! Yeah, well, it, it's always felt like that over the years. I mean, we've seen um, title challenges in, in in the past. I think thinking back to Arsenal, I think um, times when they've been three points behind Man United and still had three well, games in hand. It 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 
it so often doesn't work because it's definitely a psychological thing, I think. You look at that league table and it would have been so easy for Liverpool to roll over when you look at Chelsea seven points ahead and, um, you know, uh, City not playing this weekend as well. So in your mind is, hang on, these aren't playing. If we don't make points up here, City can then go seven ahead of us as well. It's I think it's a massive psychological disadvantage to kick off, but also the rewards you get from it are a little bit more. Well, Liverpool have got the, the next, of um, currently the, the, the scheduled next uh, eight games, six of them are played on Sunday. Yeah, all, six all of April's games. Six of, all of April's games, uh, the Tottenham game and the Manchester United game, yeah. all of them are played on the Sunday. So that's the reality now that Liverpool are, you just got to get used to it. And I think, you know, the, the players themselves, there, there was a seriousness about them. It was interesting the manager came out immediately afterwards and said, that's as good as Arsenal for me. You know, yeah. put it in that context, that's as good as Arsenal for me. It's significant. Liverpool have got themselves in this position now where they've got two away games coming up. The two away games they've got coming up are against Manchester United and against Cardiff City. And if they can take four or six points from those two, then they then have eight games left in which there's 24 points up for grabs and five of those games are at home yeah, and that's huge it's significant and if they get six points then it'll just feel you know very much like there's, there's a genuine opportunity to do something um, it's it, it's still not clear how many points you're going to need it's still not clear if it's going to become a bun fight or if it's going to become something where it's you know it's like a sprint of a, at the end of an 800 metres race where everyone's got a kick everyone's suddenly running like a 200 metre runner and you've got to be able to go at that pace Chelsea seem to be going at that pace but then so far this since the turn of the year, Liverpool have matched them stride for stride. So that's the key question, really, and I think that that's something which, you know, without knowing, without almost wanting to know, give give away the end of the story. I'd quite like to know the answer to that bit. <laughs> I'm happy I'm enjoying the story, and the story's an enormous amount of fun, and it's great to see this Liverpool side play like this, and it plays with with practically everything that you want your football team to play with. But it'd be nice to know in my head: is it 84? Is it 85? Yeah. Is it 81? You know, it'd yeah. be nice to have that sort of information. But it's gonna be because in years gone by you've known at this point you know when it's been it's been tight for instance when united and city both got 89 you knew it was going to be around yeah. 90 now you just simply don't know that you don't have that luxury no and looking at the fixture list as well i was looking at chelsea's fixture list and i think they've got to play arsenal at home and they've got to play spares at home as well i think they and, and obviously go to anfield um chelsea's fixtures look easier on paper than liverpool's i think having said that i think that that's put them in sort of a position of false security because Chelsea have been vulnerable against lesser sides this season. We've seen West Ham go there, take 39 shots yeah. and get out with the nil-nil draw. Chelsea aren't clinical, whereas Liverpool are. And that's why I think you know when you get Chelsea coming to Anfield, you get Spurs, you get City coming to Anfield. I'd rather have that fixture running because Liverpool are so good with intensity at Anfield. I would rather have that running than one that's perhaps a little bit easier on the eye. Well, the, the, the one thing that strikes me about Chelsea's running, I haven't looked at City's, but I've looked at Chelsea's, is they've got to go to Villa and they've got to go to Swansea. Exactly. And Villa, maybe, you know, they've not been great this season, but they look to be coming into a bit of form all of a sudden, um, noticeably. And Swansea Swansea were good against us at Anfield. I think it's the, 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 there's, a, there's a couple of those games where they're against these sides who are proving themselves. And I want to talk about this in part three actually but the sides who are now proving themselves to look like they're the best of that 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 10 to 10 to 14 yeah. sort of you know that of that bottom half those sides now are beginning to we're beginning to see have, have an awareness of really you know who's who's half decent out of them and who isn't and i think mm. there's a couple of reasons why which i want to talk about but I think that suddenly, you know, that that's that 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 could hurt Chelsea. But you know, we'll talk about having in part two, but you know, going back to Liverpool at the weekend, it's 
it's important now, I think, that... It's a shame that we're not playing United next weekend. I think that's it. It's just simply yeah. for the... It's nice to do one a week. It's nice to feel them turn over like that. You don't want that sort of... That feeling of anyone else going and getting a result and, 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 and gaps look bigger than they are. And like you're saying, you don't be looking up and going, that's now seven points we yeah. could do with it just being four. But... I think that the, the the key thing is, as you say, it's, it's that there's a seriousness about them and that, that they now look as though they're genuinely interested in exactly how to go about the business. Yeah. And at times under Brendan Rodgers, it still felt a little bit like like a project, mm. whereas now it doesn't seem like a project. Well, what to me, there always seems to be, I think there's a subtle difference and it's quite noticeable sometimes, or maybe it's not as subtle as you think, but between a side that, are, like I said, are a pretender, which to me has always been Arsenal over the last five or six years, yeah. and the side that takes it seriously. And you get like, uh, for instance, last season, I always felt like Man City felt like they, they were... Going to be the also runs for so long. I think you could actually see that when they played. Yeah, you could see it in their demeanour. Exactly. You talk about the seriousness with Liverpool, you look at it, and there's been a realisation at some point. It may well have been that Fulham victory uh, a couple of weeks ago, where even, I mean, you've seen Gerard's celebration. I mean, I think that was a watershed moment on its own. But you see these lads, and you look at them, and you think, hang on, like you like you so happily put it on Twitter, or all your fans put it, it's on. And I think there's been a defining moment, perhaps that was it, where they've looked at each other and they've thought, hang on lads, you know, this this could well be our time. And you look at you, you look at the, the twenty something players, I'm not talking about the, the younger ones in the squad, you look at the twenty seven, twenty eight year olds, the lads approaching the peak of the career, maybe looking towards the end of the career. Liverpool have a, a hugely young squad. And to sort of have that belief instilled in them so early, I think is is critical to how well you're gonna push on for the title because I, I think there's you, it's so easy not to realise that when you're so young because there's no there's no experience there. Mm. But at the, on the other side of that, that is what could play into Liverpool's hands. That inexperienced, it's been relentless, Neil. It, like I think it's five games on the bounce you've won now. Mm-hmm. It's it's been relentless. You've won games at and I mean at a canter. Yeah, you've had you know little bits of luck here and there. But by and large, that has paled into insignificance when you're scoring three, four, five goals. It's not like you're winning them 1-0. And that's the other thing about I, what, what, when I look at the fixture list between now and the end of the season for Liverpool, and it's easy to have a touch, touch wood moment over this, but for instance, Saturday's the 18th consecutive league game in which Liverpool have scored in the first half. Yeah, That's now 18 consecutive league games in which Liverpool are going in at half-time with a goal on the board. They, they might have conceded two, but they're going in with a goal on the board, mm. at least one. But the other side of this as well is that you'd, I look at that between the 10 games that remain and there's only Chelsea and maybe Crystal Palace who I think they could stop us from scoring two yeah. everyone else I'm looking at those games and I'm thinking I'd back us to score two mm. I'd openly back Liverpool to put two goals and put, put the ball in the back of the net twice in, in every single game that goes from now until the end of the season and that's that's what I, th- what I think is so exciting it's what's so exciting about this side but it's what makes things possible the idea that the ball can that you're so certain at some point the ball ends up in the back of the net well, this, this is it I mean it, it was like you know in years gone by when Man United had scored uh, an abundance of goals in the second half. For instance, I remember one year just randomly in my mind when Spurs went 3 0 up against them at White Hart Lane, they ended up going on United and winning the game 5 3. And everyone's reaction, the cliche, oh, that's Man United. That. There's the, a developing one here, I think, where Liverpool go 1 2 0 up, a burst of goals in a few minutes, space of time, where you say, that's Liverpool. They've put a mark. It's a stereotype. It's it, it, nearly a stereotype. It's a trademark now, mm. and I think you, you see it every game. It's consistent, and and that's the hardest thing to find in this game is consistency, momentum as well. I mean, I had people drilling down my throat all week on Twitter how the momentum between Liverpool and Arsenal, who are on the same points, 
It feels huge. It feels like there's a massive goal. Yeah, it feels like there's about four points between yeah. Liverpool and Arsenal. Off the, off, the, off the weekend's results and off what's gone before, and the, the very fact that you've gone there and you've, you, you know, they've come to Anfield and we put five past them. The Arsenal look, look slightly like a side for whom things are falling off. Yeah. Whereas Liverpool are improving. But this goes back to, I think, we, we had the conversation about this a couple of weeks ago where I said to you, you know, you take any block of five games under Brendan Rodgers and you take a block of five games that's close to the present day and you'll see an improvement mm. in results and performance. And that's still happening. And, I, you know, I think that sometimes, because we rightly want to talk about how incredible the footballers are I still actually don't think the manager is getting quite as much praise he deserves for this because every single time Liverpool come back out on the pitch you feel as though they've learned a new trick even down to the fact that he changed the shape this week and I don't think it quite worked I thought that you ended up with Henderson it was working alright for Allen on Allen's flank but Henderson was finding himself dragged far too much out and having to cover Flanagan almost as a traditional right mid rather than someone playing in this diamond but one, it got the results so you can't complain mm. about that but two, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, the instinct of a lot of managers would be just do more of the same boys and yeah. we keep going. Liverpool have a week to work on something and they work on something yeah. and it comes on the pitch and it's not the thing that you've expected or the thing that you've seen. They're now doing this thing that's a bit different. Well, I want to ask you, it's been in my head all week this uh, and be interested to get your thoughts on it. Liverpool's second in the table, four points off top right now with ten games to go. Aside that are notorious title challenges, so say for instance you've got, say if Chelsea were in that position, if they were not to win the league, that would be a disappointment. How much of it do you think now, if Liverpool did not win the league now, would that be a disappointment? Not at all. Genuinely not at all. There's no way in which if Liverpool don't win the league from this point, and I genuinely think we would, and I thought we, that we'd come through for a while, genuinely, since the start of the season, thought we were with a great chance. But the point about this is that these lads have done brilliantly. They've given us some of the best football that we've seen uh, as Liverpool supporters in years. It's always good to have your great football rewarded with silver things. And let's not make any bones about that. But this season, they've gone to Spurs and scored five. They put four past Everton at home. They put five past Arsenal at home. There might be another one of these somewhere along mm-hmm. the line between now and the end of the season. They've almost certainly now secured a top four finish. And I think that as long as it remains a top four finish, I think you go, well, tell you what, these lads, they're exciting. They've done the business this season. That was the minimum requirement. Or it may even, for some people, it wasn't even the minimum requirement. But it was, you know, that was that was something to say that's worth having. I think at this point, and I think that this is the best part of it, and I think that we took a lot of what Benitez achieved a little bit for granted because we wanted the league. So he, he kept bringing you top four, and he kept going, that's great, Rafa, yeah. but we want the title. We want the title. We want the title. And I think now there's, you know, so a lot of people weren't able to enjoy the season where we came second because they were thinking, we just got to win the league, got to win the league, got to win the league. And I think that as long as we can accept this, and I think that I think that the vast majority of Liverpool supporters would say the same, and I very rarely think that I speak for anybody but myself. But I think that there is this uh, this acceptance that this is a great group of lads. As you say, many of them are young. They're learning all the time. They're improving all the time. They're coming on leaps and bounds every single time you watch them. And the idea that we can end this season and be disappointed, I just don't see how it happens now. You can only walk away, and I think that this is the key thing, walk away at the end of the season and go, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of that manager. I'm proud of that group of players. They've represented us the best that they can this season. No one's shirked. No one's hidden. Mm. You've got a fellow who was denied his move realistically to Real Madrid. Forget the Arsenal stuff. At the start of the season who this weekend is trying to trip a lad over with his head. Yeah, You know, you can't in any way, shape or form be churlish about this. You've just got to turn around and go, whatever happens from here on in, 
those lads really have done the business for the football club. Yeah. And therefore, I really hope, and I, and I really expect them not to be, if Liverpool just fall short, disappointment. What they'll be is excitement. Next season, let's have a good summer. Let's yeah. have a, you know, a good summer, get another couple in who can play at this pace, who can do this, because that's hard. Yeah. Not many people can. Who can come and add to this, with this thing that we're doing. It was stronger at the back, maybe. You know, Let's get a couple of them in, and then let's go again. And now go, go and test ourselves against the cream of Europe. Because the most interesting stat out that I saw all weekend, sorry, a stat really it was just the fact that Liverpool scored more goals than any other side in all of Europe's elite leagues Liverpool have scored more goals mm. than any other side Liverpool are scoring more goals than Bayern Munich they scored more they're, than 16 of the Premier League as well yeah they're, you know, they're, Bayern Munich are really really good at scoring goals Liverpool have scored more than them yeah. and I can't wait to see Liverpool next season you know and I, I, as I say I think it's it's not it's not 100% certain Liverpool could go on a terrible run and we, we'd all be crying our eyes out and then we would be disappointed but it would be great to see Liverpool get to test themselves amongst the elite next season just to see what happens mm. what happens if Bayern Munich come to Anfield it could be about 11-9 yeah. <laughs> this, this sort of and, and that I think is really really important and genuinely as I say I can't say it often enough now it really if things go as expected and let's say Liverpool are secure top four with three games to go possibly even secure top three with three games to go a sniff for the title and they don't win it you just clap them off last game of the season yeah. and say well in um, yeah. anyway this is all in the game with Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey after the break we'll talk about Evans 1-0 win against West Ham It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson on City Talk 105.9 City Talk 105.9, we were just talking in the break there, me and Dave, this is Neil Atkinson, by the way, uh, about the expectation question for Liverpool supporters, and then we shifted it on to Evertonians. Uh, Dave saying that it's it's interesting that you felt at the start of the season, Dave, everyone would, broadly speaking, have been happy with seventh, but now it would feel a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it would, uh, and, and it's hard to sort of escape that fact, because... Uh, I, I by no means think that seventh should be seemed, uh, deemed as a disappointment for any Evertonian because, you know, let's put it in context, the, the manager's come in, he's taken over a set of players that were extremely well drilled are doing something totally different to what he wants to do. Um, he's come in, quickly established his style and philosophy uh, and I, I think that hasn't been lauded enough to be honest with you I think the, the way he's in, in, put his impression onto that side so quickly I mean I think we we were unbeaten after six games we won three draw and three we quickly become a good footballing side yeah uh, opposed to what we were doing under David Moyes I think that's the first thing you've got to say secondly of course you get a new manager coming in there's a transitional season um, and a lot of us were underwhelmed by Martinez's appointment in the first place and a lot of us were saying you know we'll take 10th here I'd take 10th and a half decent cup run something like that something that doesn't involve you panicking mm. at one end at the other end of the table obviously that was established really quickly and the thing with Everton is and it did happen under Moyes as well the raising of the bar almost happens on a weekly basis. Well, that's because Everton had a big club, and I think that's why you know that's the reality. The reality is is that Everton had a big club. But I, I, think, I think I think in many quarters, don't really, it's unrealistic. It is unrealistic, but this is the problem. The problem that you've got is that you you, you is that Everton are one of the top six clubs in the country. You know they're a, they're a proper football mm. team, and they always have been a proper football team, and they always will be a proper football team. So. That's the issue. So therefore, when you know when things start to go well, you've got to you know you've got supporters who have either lived through or can look back on a history that involves you know huge numbers of league titles yeah. that involves winning the cup winners cup that involves things of significance. It would be the same. You know, it'd be the same for if Aston Villa managed to somehow solve the problem of how to be Aston Villa and got good at football again, properly good, but they were coming sixth. In fact, it did happen for Martin O'Neill at Aston Villa. When they were coming sixth and seventh, everyone was saying, we should be doing more than this. We're Aston 
Villa. And because they're a proper football team in the same way that, you know, Everton are a big football club. And I think that's the problem. And I think that, you know, I, th- I think it's great in a sense that you, know, you want supporters to be able to be, to be thinking of what can we do, not what can we avoid, but what can we do? Because there's too many people, too many sides in this league who are locked into a mentality of what can we avoid. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. you know, that's Spot on. which is effectively just relegation. What can we do? We can avoid relegation. What else can we do? Don't worry. We'll just do that. Whereas I think that, the, and, the, and, and Martinez himself, you know, he's not talked the thing down. Hmm. And his demeanour doesn't talk anything down. So I think I, th- I understand why you're sensitive because we get sensitive because you feel as though you know you don't want to see you know the the dark side of this, which is if if a couple of games don't go right, it goes wrong for him. But I think Martinez knows what he's doing. He wants Everton to feel as though it punches its weight. But I, based on the last few weeks where Everton have been great form wise, uh, you know, like I said to you, I think it's two defeats in our last six now. Um, that then becomes a problem when you lose games. That is when, of course, that is when pressure tends to double and double and double again. Um, and, and and that's my concern. You see, when Everton go on that run of games where you know everyone's you know they, they've thrown the hat in for we're going to get in the top four. You go on a run of games like that where you lose a couple that are really unlucky after really good performances. You don't win, and people get carried away in the other extent, but- saying that is this fella up to it. But then the alternative is that you're Newcastle and Southampton. Yeah. And losing doesn't matter. Mm. Really, you know what I mean? Oh, you'd be annoyed, we lost, blah, blah, blah. But you want you want defeats. You want wins to feel big. You want defeats to feel big. You know, you want to you want to feel like it's two dropped or it's one gained. You want to feel like it's significant. And I think Everton has still got a season here where everything they do is significant. Whereas they're not Newcastle, they're not Southampton, which I actually think helped Liverpool a little bit when it got to 2-0 um, against Southampton. I thought it helped Liverpool a little bit because Southampton, it was 2-0. They felt like they'd given a really good account to themselves. We'll take that. Yeah. I thought there was a, a little bit of that cre- crept into their players along with, along with the tiredness. That will not creep into Everton's play between now and the end of the season because everything counts and everything matters and there's this big game coming up at the weekend against Arsenal you know which I think is huge it's huge for Martinez it's huge for the club it needs to be the the almost like the um, the game that stands I think or over if it goes to a replay the two games that stands for what Martinez feels as though he can bring to Everton in terms of even if Everton don't go on and win the competition they're a serious football team a force to be reckoned with and that's I think that's that, that that's critical yeah, that was the, they were the foundation that he laid in that week where we drew at the Emirates and beat uh, Man United. Yeah, I, I agree with you a lot. Um, I think it, it is a massive game, uh, not just for the sake of Everton Evertonians getting back down to Wembley, which would be fantastic in itself, but also, like you said, I mean, if you if you go on and then lose to a Man City in the semi final, that then becomes dare to say it acceptable because you've established yourself against one of these sides, against mm. an Arsenal, albeit Arsenal aren't in the greatest form themselves. I mean, but they'll be... This is a massive game for Arsenal now, you know. Uh, I think Everton go there, get, either get them back to Goodison or obviously progress through to the semi-final. I think that's massive for Roberto Martinez because it, it, he's often been measured this season by what he can do against these sides compared to what Moyes couldn't do mm. against these sides. So... Um, and it's another one of those key fixtures in that battle. It's I, th- I think I think what's big for what's big for Martinez about this game. I, I genuinely think it's big, and I think it's it's important that they've gone into it with the win. It's important they've gone into it with the Lukaku cameo from the bench that results in the win as well. It's important to go into it feeling as though you know things are slightly back on track because when Everton have done all the best stuff, I thought when Everton went to Arsenal this season and when they went to Manchester United, what was so impressive about Everton's approach was they very much went there to win those games mm-hmm. because they had the spectre of having to avoid anything had gone mm. by that point and I think that the win against West Ham gives them a great base to go into the football match and just uh, adopt the attitude of 
we one we can win this two we actively want to you know to 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 we, we're not scared of what we're not scared of, of of failure we're not scared of losing and i think that that's important and i think that the i think that's something that Everton have got over this arsenal side because i think this arsenal team are scared of losing yeah. i think they will be hugely concerned if everton look put any passage of play together i think it'll scare this arsenal side and i think it'll scare the arsenal crowd i don't think that Arsenal will put a performance in that has got, got as much backbone as the one as they did against Liverpool in the previous round. Just simply because that was real, you know, we cannot, we cannot allow this to happen to us again. Territory, I don't think Arsenal will be, I don't think, sides haven't got that many of those sorts of performances in them across a season, mm. unless, you, unless you're drilled in that football. You haven't got that many of them in you. And I think that Everton can play at Arsenal, I think they can play around Arsenal, I think that they can play through Arsenal. I think it's, it's a huge opportunity, and I think that, you know, this isn't, if, Arsenal, if it's level with 20 to go, there'll be so much anxiety There'll be so much anxiety. Whereas I think against Liverpool, there was just a simply we cannot get beat like that again. And I, ultimately, I think Everton being Everton will very much work in their favour against Arsenal because the Arsenal crowd won't tolerate we're sitting in against these. We're just going to show that we're stubborn. They're not going to tolerate that against Everton. Yeah, I that, think it's a great opportunity. That's that's the thing Arsenal have going against them. I think they, they've got uh, supporters that work equally as well against them as they do when when the the chips are up there. Uh, yeah, it's a massive massive chance and. The Lukaku thing's really interesting because Martinez himself in his post-match interview said how fresh he looked, how uh, how much he benefited from a rest. These are all things that he could have done himself before the lad got injured. There's the one criticism I've had of him all season is, you know, Lukaku's 20 years old. He, I think he played, he made, he made 15, 16 starts for West Brom last season while still having the same impact, arguably, that he's had at Everton. Mm. Uh, I think he could have managed him a little bit better in terms of fitness, fatigue, all of those things, they creep into any player's game at some stage in the season. I mean, how many times... And it's, it's as much mental as it is physical. I, I, absolutely. How many times we sat here and said that a, a Liverpool player's looking fatigued yeah. um, and there's been no alternative, really. Uh, they've tried Naismith, they've tried Morales. That's been when Lukaku's well, injured. It's never been by choice, that, well, that's probably That's probably why he's never done it, yeah. because he doesn't feel as though the option's there for him. It doesn't feel as though it's that straightforward. Maybe there was an argument to use Jelovic a little bit more Absol- in the first yeah, half it. of the yeah. season. Yeah, that's spot on. Jelovic should have been utilised a lot more. Uh, and, again, going back, happening on about things that have gone amiss this season, that... Fulham game in the in the Capital One Cup, I thought that was an excellent chance for Everton not only to establish themselves as trying to win some more silverware, but also playing Jelovic, playing Jelovic alongside Lukaku, playing Jelovic, Morales, Lukaku, three up front on their own. Um, Barry who comes onto the Blue Room on, on a Thursday, uh, he made the point that he thinks Everton should go four three three away from home now, put Morales and um, De La Feo up uh, with Lukaku in the middle. I think that's a, a, there's a real good scope for that, I think, because you can drop Ross Barkley a little bit deeper, take the pressure off him, which he has been... He has looked or like just rest him generally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even to see him play a little bit deeper, or like you say, rest him completely, take the focus off what he can do to impress a game, because he has been out of sorts. Mm. And and, and it, unless we forget, I think it's the only way Everton are going to score at the moment is when... The law of averages kicks in. It doesn't look like we're going to put away when we get one clear-cut chance. So it looks like we'll have to create an abundance of chances. I think four-three-three really helps us get that you know that amount of chances in a game where we're going to take one. Be bold to go and do it at the Emirates. But oh, absolutely, yeah. But it could be a boldness that that can that can profit for, for, for Everton. Like you say, last last twenty. I mean, 
Martinez is not is not going to back out of it with 20 minutes to go. He's going to go to try and win the game. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he actually does that when a replay is pending. Um, and a replay that very much suits Everton. Really, Arsenal yeah. really don't want. Oh, that'd be, be. I mean, that'd be a travesty for Arsenal this season if we have to go to Everton in a, in a cup replay. We've got to play them at home in the league as well. I think that'd be around about the same time as well. So, potentially looking at a double header going to Goodison Park, they wouldn't relish that whatsoever, considering what else they're going for. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a massive game this weekend, and, and anything but a defeat is, I think, is a, is a huge result for Everton. It's huge, and, and, and as you say, no, Arsenal would not relish under the lights Goodison Park. They just would not want that no, at, all. at all. And I think, but again, I think that sort of becomes that could become yeah, that as a spectacle for the manager he, he hasn't experienced one of them really no. yet you know what I mean it's uh, these things matter I think it's uh, yeah, the idea of you know, quarter-final the semi-final just you know you'll know you've got in the semi-final as well and being roared on it's you know as I say under the floodlights it's a you know quarter to eight kickoff it'd be absolutely fantastic and it'd be interesting to see how he plays that crowd one of the things I loved about you know our European Cup run under Benitez in his first season was he was playing the crowd he, he, he almost he knew how the crowd that he was setting his team up because he knew what the roar would be yeah. like to come out and I think that you'd see that from Martinez well you know we love a DVD and Everton don't we <laughs> Uh, Martinez has got one DVD game in the bag at Old Trafford. He needs his Goodison one now, and that and that would be and that again. That was a night game, you know, yeah. the idea, of, and it just changes things. I think I think it'd be fantastic. In a sense, you know, I'd almost rather see Everton get the get the get the replay, yeah. you know, because I think it'd just be it would it would be a fantastic spectacle, and then you'd see what the you know what the manager was made of. You'd see what Arsenal were made of. I think it'd be great for yeah. everyone. All right, this is all in the game with Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. Uh, after the break, I'm going to tell you the theory as to how we're able to rank ten of the managers in the Premier League, pretty much. Don't go anywhere. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. It is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey, produced by Jake. Jake has just told us that he's going to France uh, for the for, for for a couple of months. Dave on a sabbatical what, before he's Liverpool win the title. He's, yeah, he's taking a sabbatical. He's trying to get his trying to get his, his emotions together. Trying to get his thoughts in check. Um, I mean, there's talk that he's he's actually going to a monastery. It's a mountain lodge <laughs> monastery sort of thing. He's not going. He's going to get going to take a vow of silence. He's going to be planting things, crops, all that sort of stuff, making his own ale. Just just getting himself to get his head together, getting himself straight. Um, you know, he's going to get one hour to talk to other humans a week that's it <laughs> max in order to, to meditate but no uh, thanks to Jake therefore for doing this for as long as he has done so far it'll be uh, me cocking up buttons and everything from now on <laughs> the downy disaster yeah. uh, two months of sheer hell I had a bit of that before you know if you, if you didn't listen before I, did, I was I, I was absolute car crash mate it was <laughs> all sorts of happened faders buttons sang, sang, sang you'll have got in your head that, that, that'll be the problem you'll have got in your head early yeah. um, alright my theory is this that you're able to see now Basically, if you go from West Ham down, uh, with the possible exception of maybe Cardiff and Crystal Palace, everyone's got a squad that's about as much as a muchness. Some have got strength in some areas, some have got weaknesses in others. You know, no one's got a perfect squad far from it, but they've all got similar level, enough similar calibre of players. So where these lads finish is going to tell you how good these managers are, proportionally speaking, at getting points in the Premier League. That's what you're going to see. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Um, you know, and you see now this ta- the tables are actually looking to starting to settle into that. So, for instance, Allardyce is good at putting aside together that picks points up in the Premier League. Paul Lambert is a good manager. They're eleventh. Steve Bruce is a good manager. They're twelfth. Mark Hughes has got enough experience and enough about him. They're thirteenth, and it goes onwards and onwards. And what this basically ends up telling you is that Chris Hutton's doing rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've. I mean, we were saying in the break, the the players they've signed, the squad they've got, 
um, Joseph Yobo aside, have, have got more than enough to comfortably see them safe at this stage of the season, let alone, you know, at, at any other point uh, later on. So you can say that, for instance, Pulis is a little bit handicapped, Poye has been a little bit handicapped, you could boost them up as well and they'd find themselves higher up. West Brom remain an anomaly, they remain a question mark, but Steve Clark was failing, frankly, is where this sort of analysis takes you to. Similarly, you know, whilst I, I understood exactly why the card of City supporters were right behind Malky Mackay, he wasn't doing brilliantly. You got the, you got the sense that he could get them out of it though you know what I mean yeah he could battle them out and I think they were like 15, 16 when he left so they were on on the cusp of it now they're in very much trouble they um, the, you know funny stat I just noticed there Liverpool have scored 54 goals more than Crystal Palace my word Palace scored 19 all season how many have they conceded uh, 37 and do you know what by the time we go there and we face them and after that game's finished it'll still be 37 uh, Liverpool <laughs> yeah Liverpool <laughs> Liverpool only conceded two less than Crystal Palace that, that that doesn't come as any surprise to no, me whatsoever. Even. It's not for us to defend the thing, Dave. I think no. we've seen enough by now uh, to know that that's the case. It's I, I think five it's a side team, isn't it? You've got that's we, that's what we're, two of them. Yeah, there's this one. There's this one back here. They're yeah. not the best, and there's these lads ahead of them. Um, one is Crystal Palace. The other one's Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I think that the, the the class is beginning to tell. I think it's interesting to see Villa embarrass because that's what they did. They embarrassed Norwich, um, especially when they gave Norwich a goal start. Uh, I think that you're beginning to see that's the, the class telling. I think that the class that tells... When I say class, class isn't even the right word. It's now The now that's telling's on the benches there. These lads are not... You know, they're a stoke... The, the, the thing about the Stoke-Arsenal result is everyone views it from an Arsenal perspective. View it from a Stoke perspective for a second. It's not a surprise. No. And that tells you a great deal about Stoke City, but also about Mark Hughes, that it didn't, you didn't think that's come from nowhere. And everyone thinks that from an Arsenal point of view, but you should also think it from a Stoke point of view. That's how good, you know, when I say Stoke are good, they're obviously not great, but, you know, you, you, you trust them, Dave, to put a solid performance in. Yeah, you do. Stoke are the side where you, you know, if they, if they were in trouble, you would back them to get out of it. They're the ones, they that side you look at with that steely resolve that you think they'll get a 1-0 scrappy win against the top side. That, that That's what they're capable of. That's probably that's probably the maximum of their limits. Uh, the one interesting thing for me is West Brom. West Brom, a new manager, I think there's been a lot of, rub, uh, lot of trouble behind the scenes for them as well, according to Sky Sources, which aren't the most reliable, but uh, West Brom only won four games all season out of 27. Loads of draws, though. That is it's just crazy. I think they've drawn... Loads of draws, though. I think they've drawn, they've drawn almost half the games. Uh, drawn as many as Everton, yeah, 30. I don't know. Hang on. How many have Everton drawn? Everton have drawn nine. Uh, yeah, 13 games West Brom have drawn. That is a phenomenal amount, isn't it? And you, you think as well... That Pepe Malcolm in, they got a couple of decent results. Liverpool, Everton, one all at home. I think uh, Arsenal as well. He drew one all against. Yeah, well, they're able to. I think I'd like to. I feel like you can't really judge Mill at this stage, and I think that it's interesting that they're saying that there's trouble behind the scenes because the thing you'd say about their results is they've had a solidity to them. To yeah. be really honest with you, they've got they've got points that you wouldn't have expected, and they look like they can play a bit as well. I I just think it's 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 that quality. I think. Um, they don't have quite had that quality in the in the final third to be able to kick themselves on. And Sunderland, I think, are going to get out of it. So, uh, I I did say I thought West Brom would be. I, I'm going to stick with my bottom three. I think Palace will just have enough. Uh, well, just have Pulis, and I think Sunderland will have enough. I want Gus Poyet to stay up. He seems like a real character, real good thing for the Premier League. So, I'd like them to stay up, and I think West Brom, Cardiff, Fulham to go down for me. If you so, you don't think Norwich will get sucked in? Oh yeah, we forget about them four games, aren't we? At the end of the season, yeah. Well, they were, yeah. 
Uh, toss up between Norwich and West Brom on the final day for me. I think Norwich. I, th- I think Norwich need to put some points on the board quick. I think Norwich need to. Not, not Norwich need to get themselves. I think into into sort of 33, 34 point territory as quickly as humanly possible. Um, but I, I think it's. You know, I, the the strange thing for me, the big question mark for me for the for for the next two three seasons is is what in that bottom half is what Paul Lambert does because. Villa have gotten, you know, as a club, they appear to have not a great deal of interest conceptually in doing much better than this. But the other side of that is that he, he appears to have a fair bit about him. Um, you know, he doesn't, I'm not going to say he's going to be a well beater or anything like that, but he appears to have a fair bit about him. And you'd have thought he was there to bridge that gap. But to me, that gap, that gap looks almost unbridgeable. You expect next season Southampton to finish as many points clear of, of Aston Villa as they currently are now. Certainly, if they keep the manager, the manager, manage to keep him in place. So I think it's, I think it's tough. You know what I mean? All this. I think it's tough to see if you are Lambert's exactly what your path is. But the, anyway, that's just what occurred to me this weekend is that you can really see who the season campaigners are. You can see who the, who the clever boffins. You can begin to work it out and you can begin to wonder why certain people aren't doing any any better. Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot before we go. And I'm going to be in the hat for the FA Cup. With Arsenal, Semi-finals. Yes. With, with Arsenal. Yeah. Um, that'll be fantastic stuff indeed. Thanks to Dave Downey this week. Thanks to Jake. Sorry to see you go, go Jake. Champions elect Liverpool, though. See you next week. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9.